I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake, joined as always by Gabby Urrutia and we will be doing our first official game preview podcast of this 2021 season huge game Saturday 3:30 Atlanta Georgia Mercedes-Benz Stadium y'all know the deal Miami taking on Alabama um, Gabby let's just start here kind of the betting line thoughts right right now as things stand um, the betting line is, uh, going further and further away from Miami, I guess you would say, right? Mm-hmm. So Caesar Sportsbook, which is what CBS sports wants us to use currently at 19 and a half. I think it opened this week at 18 and a half. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely moving that way. So it's gone up a point. Um, the over under, I think, has gone down a point, if I'm correct. I think it opened this week at 62. Yeah, because you took 62. I right? did. I, I took 62 on our early betting lines article that we liked, which came out Sunday, right? Yeah. I took under 62. It's now at 61. So people are kind of agreeing, I guess, with that under. I don't know. And uh, the implied score with all this these betting lines, I guess, would have uh, Alabama winning 40 to 20 around there. Um, So, Gabby, I guess just what do you think of this line, like these lines where it stands now? Do you think it's going to move? Because it always moves one way or the other uh, on game day. Do you think it's going to get to 21 points? And if it does, where would you where would you bet? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see this moving closer, like, you know, even further towards Alabama, if it's 19 and a half right now. Yeah. I don't think three touchdowns is a stretch at this point. I mean, how do I feel about it? I mean, I honestly don't even hate like Miami um, plus 18 and a half. Like I didn't think, I I think Miami has the potential to keep it even within that. I mean, if you're going to give me three more points with that, I'd probably like Miami there. The under, I could see it. I I feel like the under, I could see it going both ways. I don't know. Um, I I guess it just, I feel like we'll know. Which one do you like more? I think I might like, cause I just feel like, you know, these games tip, I, I don't know. I just feel like Alabama's typically scored. Uh, I feel like Miami can score and I get the whole Alabama is like super, you know, super strong on defense and all that stuff. But I kind of like the way this Miami's offense is sort sure. of built right now. Like, I don't know. I think that they're going to be able to do it. I just feel like also in this era of college football, I feel like good offense generally beats good defense. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's just sort of the way the sport is trending. Sure. Um, and so I feel like Miami can potentially put up enough points where, you know, it could get over that 61. That's probably why I'd go over there, but I totally get like the logic of the under sure. 
of the under 61 too. Cause I could see this. I could see Miami's offense struggling. If it's, you know, I could see Alabama's offense struggling. So I can definitely see this sort of tilting either way. You seem to like the game spread, the margin bet better than the over under, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. I like the over under just cause you know, for the reasons you said, like it's first game of the season, I think in general, a lot of teams, when they play other good teams at the, in college football in week one, the coaches are tight. They call a tight game. And then those factors you said too, Alabama's defense is good. Alabama's breaking in a new quarterback. Now that over under thing gets screwed. If Alabama's offense comes out and runs the ball, however they want it, which then will kind of allow them to pass the ball, however they want it. Right. When they build that passing game off the run. Um, but, and we'll get into this a little, little later in the podcast. I do think Miami's run defense will be solid. I don't know about good, but we'll go with solid. Um, <laughs> let's get into recruits that are planning to be at the game. So even though it's, it's a neutral site matchup, there are going to be some recruits, uh, that Miami is, is chasing after at this game. Who are some of the main ones Miami fans need to know about that will be in attendance? Yeah, I mean, I think probably the biggest name is going to be Shamar Stewart, a five-star defensive lineman out of out of Monsignor Pace. Um, you know, this is a guy Miami's just, you know, really going to have to chip away at. When I spoke to him about the fact that he was going to be at this game, he told me, like, you know, I just want to see Miami be competitive. I don't want to see them roll over. Again, I think just think I just think that this is a really good opportunity for Miami to show the country. Recruits, are, like, even the guys that aren't there, that, you know, they could hang with teams like this. I think what he's going to be able to see in person is going to not, I'm not going to say it's going to dictate where Miami sort of falls in this, but I do think Miami has an opportunity there to, you know, really improve their standing with him, especially with, you know, schools like Texas A&M and Ohio state, you know, maybe pulling away a little bit from Miami at this point. So Um, what do you, what do you make of that? Cause is that to you, is that just the general ups and downs of recruiting? Because, you know, in the middle of summer, it seemed like Miami was a team to beat, but then he did take some visits. And, uh, you know, maybe those schools have inched ahead right now. Yeah, I just think that's just kind of how it goes, right? Like, I mean, he's a five-star defensive lineman. I mean, these schools are pushing for him. You know, Texas A&M, I feel like, is sort of like the it program right now. Is like, I feel like they've sort of been like circled, like maybe in pencil, sure. like as like the school that can take out, like if there's a school that's going to maybe replace them at the top, like Texas A&M sort of getting that love, like nationally, like this is a program like, potentially on the cusp of like really doing some amazing things like in the college football landscape. So maybe, you know, that's obviously, and then the funding at the school is ridiculous. Like I know right. that they make, make the revenue is like the highest of any school in the country. So, you know, I feel like there's a lot to fall in love with about the program, especially after seeing it in person, Ohio state, I mean, has produced defensive linemen at, at, at an elite rate, uh, you know, with the Boza yeah. brothers, Chase Young. I mean, it goes further than that. You know, we have Cameron Hayward back in the day, like just a ton of dudes. Um, so you know, I feel, I do feel like this is kind of like the ups and downs with it. I do think Miami's in a good spot. I think that they've, they've done as much as they possibly could up to this point. I really think that what they do on Saturday again would just, right. that's just the next step that they have to sort of take. It's like, yeah, you know, you can show Shamar Stewart all the right things, but ultimately he's going to want to win at the next level. Can you hang with Alabama? If you can check that box. I mean, I really think that throws Miami right. back into that top group. Who else do we need to know that that plans to be there? Yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, Jakari, Jakari Brown, Miami's quarterback right. commit, he's going to be in Atlanta for that game. He has a Friday night game um, at home against uh, Lake Gibson. So he's going to be going up against Florida State commit Sam McCall, five-star cornerback Kamani McLean, you know, pretty stout. And then he's going to make that drive up to Atlanta 
on Saturday. So I think that's pretty cool that he's going to be there too. Um, in terms of like another top target that I'm aware of just on Miami's end is uh, Mark Fletcher, the 2023 running back. I mean, I think that's potentially one of the top targets regardless, you know, at least top offensive targets next cycle. Miami does not plan to take a running back in 2022. So, you know, Eric Hickson has been all in on Mark Fletcher for that next cycle. Imagine, you know, he's a six foot two, six foot three, 225 pound back. Um, you know, he's a guy that they really, really like. And yeah, he has family in Atlanta. So he's going to go see them and then he's going to, you know, spend the spend, I guess, Saturday at the stadium and, you know, check out that game. So, I mean, I'm feeling good about where Miami stands right now. You know, I think Alabama is another school he's really interested in, too. So I think it's a good chance for him to sort of like match up those programs. Um, I think Miami's in a really good spot right now. But, uh, you know, again, when you win that game and, you know, how much more do you have to really think about if you're a guy that's considering both, especially being from South Florida, so, um, you know, again, I think there's a lot at stake with some, uh, you know, top target guys. And I think uh, Fletcher, uh, Shamar Stewart are probably two at the, two guys at the top. I think Jalen Brown was supposed to go. Um, okay. his, his Someone in his camp uh, reached out to me and told me they're actually not going to be able to make it. He actually got an invite from Alabama to go to the game as well. Like the Alabama side of things wow. invited him to go up there as well. So, yeah, I've heard that Alabama, you know, really did a good job communicating with him, you know, over the last 24 hours or so you know, with September 1st, now that's the schools can contact, um, the 2023 recruits. So definitely something to watch out for there, but, uh, yeah, I guess to, I think, if, I think I have this right. Jakari was telling me at the pool party that that'll be his birthday too. So oh, we'll be. see if he gets a, uh, that'd be a nice, uh, birthday present. I wonder if it's his 17th or 18th birthday. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't ask him. I figured it has um, to be 18 because he's a senior, but I would assume. Be, yeah. I guess too, and it, it might be from the uh, Alabama side, but Earl Little Jr. I guess yeah. is going to be there, but he's okay. more of more considered an Alabama yeah. target, correct? Yeah, I, I mean at this point, I you know I think we all know what Miami's defensive back room looks like. You know we got four right. four defensive backs committed. It feels I mean the crystal ball is heavily trending towards Alabama. I think it's completely on Alabama at this point. Feels like it's only a matter of time there, but yeah, Earl Little being there is more of a Alabama thing rather than a Miami thing for me. But who knows? Again, a win and maybe right. you, you never know what happens. I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot can shift if Miami is highly competitive in that game, potentially right. wins or just shows that they can hang with the big boys of college football. Yeah, and as lame as it is to say, I don't even know if Miami needs to necessarily win, but to yeah. your point, be competitive, look like you belong. Yeah. on this stage against this type of team. Cause we all know what Alabama is. Exactly. We don't, we don't really know what Miami is quite mm-hmm. frankly, um, but we will find out Saturday. Let's uh, before we take a break and kind of dive into the game. Right. Um, I just want to touch on, I guess some injury updates, the latest that came out of Alabama, I believe it was on Wednesday. Um, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon, but um Nick Saban came out and said, essentially, Kendall Randolph, who's expected to be their right tackle, um, is fully healthy, a full go, kind of cements him as the starting right tackle, in in my opinion, over the true freshman, J.C. Latham. So that's notable. He also said LeBrian Ray, who is a defensive lineman, uh, one of those interior guys. I think he's, he's technically a defensive end in their defense, but he's like a 6'5", 285 guy that plays inside and helps uh, stop the run, right? He's been dealing with 
a serious groin injury um, for, for a lot of camp. And I guess he's kind of back up to speed. He's listed as a backup on the depth chart, but I do think if he was fully healthy, he'd be a starter. So do I think LeBron Ray being back healthy is necessarily a game changer for, for Alabama up front? I don't think so, but he does improve the depth there. Um, and then DeMarco Hellums, he's probably one of the interesting ones to, to watch. He's, he, he will be their starting safety is he, if he's healthy. But I think it's fair to say uh, it's still kind of questionable. And if he is unable to go, that would mean Brian Branch would likely start with Jordan Battle at the safety spots. And Brian Branch, primarily last year, was a nickel corner. He played 202 snaps at nickel compared to 27 snaps at safety last year. Um, you know, I think he, he'll, he'll be fine at safety. I, I don't know if he's as good as DeMarco Hellams, but he would certainly be fine. That would keep Daniel, Daniel Wright as kind of the third safety that rotates into the game. And Malachi Moore would kind of be cemented as their starting nickel. So those are kind of the injury updates from the Alabama side of thing. Nothing earth shattering. Really, I guess the one to watch is DeMarco Hellams. But again, I, I think whoever Alabama puts out there at safety in terms of whether it's Brian Branch or Daniel Wright um, alongside of Jordan Battle, I think they're still going to be fine. So I'm not sure it's necessarily a total game changer if DeMarco Hellams cannot play. So let's take a quick break here now, Gabby. And on the other side, we will give some of our thoughts, some of our opinions, um, make some predictions surrounding this Miami-Alabama game. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. 
brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back. Um, you know, I'm planning to write a keys to the game article. I think I'll release it on Saturday. Um, that'll be, you know, more keys than, than what we discuss here, Gabby. But let's just each kind of share maybe one or two big keys that we're kind of focused on going into this game from a Miami perspective. I'll let you take the first first thing here that you will be watching closely. Yeah. I mean, just, to, I mean, to open things off here, to open off the game, I think Miami, like they got to start, you got to get, you got to get going quickly. I think you need to, you know, show at least offensively, offensively, you need to show that, you know, you can get off the line of scrimmage that you're not going to do what you did last year against Clemson, that you're going to be able to, you know, compete with those defensive backs. Um, you know, if you're Derek King show that you can move the ball, um, just show that you can be just, just dangerous back there. Um, I just think Miami needs to get on the scoreboard early, just have a really efficient opening drive, whether that's to open the game or whenever they get the ball back, if it's responding to an Alabama score or, you know, potentially shifting the momentum in their favor early on, I think really just setting that. So just, I feel like that just kind of sets the confidence of the rest of the team too. just like really showing everyone in that stadium going to be 75,000 plus that Miami can do something against this defense when not many are really expecting them to. So I think just getting the ball rolling, I think De'Aaron King getting in a groove, you know, them being able to run the ball, you know, in those AB gaps behind Jalen Rivers, Navon Donaldson, like, you know, show that you can move the ball efficiently, effectively, and consistently. Uh, I think that's probably the first thing that I'm going to be looking out for to see, you know, how this game's going to go. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, you look back to last year, we've talked about it, but yeah, after that, you know, in that Clemson game, after the first, what, minute in the second quarter when Clemson went up 14-0, you could just feel Miami was deflated on the sideline. Um, I think you could say the same thing about the North Carolina game after the first quarter. Um, now, Miami still did did keep fighting in those games, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, was, it was tough sledding. Oklahoma State, they also got behind real, real quick, 21-0. Yeah. Uh, they fought their way back into that game, uh, but 21 zeros obviously tough to dig out of. And when so, Alabama, 21 zero against Alabama and 14 yeah. zero against Alabama is a little different than the, the rest of those. And, you know, you just can't put yourself in, the, in those situations on it. Like you're not going right. to be able to do that against Alabama if you want to stay competitive in it. So in this game, you know, it's about, again, uh, embracing the moment. Mm-hmm. acting like you belong on this stage. And to me, that's kind of one of the, the steps that this program needs to take. Um, I will go with, you know, it's boring to talk about, but I think it does matter when you play these pretty good SEC teams. And that's just line of scrimmage play, right? You look at the last two times Miami opened against SEC teams, uh, LSU in 2018, Florida in 2019. In both those games, um, Miami lost the line of scrimmage battle. Um, They were manhandled in some of those uh, battles. Um, And I do think this year, 
they are better equipped on the line of scrimmage compared to those years, specifically Miami's offensive line. I feel like it is in a better spot than it was in either of those two games. You know, the Florida game, of course, Miami allowed 10 sacks. um, And somehow they were still in that game till the end, 24-20 loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And then two, you know, I think up front, look, the SEC is a line of scrimmage league. That's a cliche, but it's true. Their offensive lines are different. Their offensive lines look different. The body types on the offensive lines look different in the SEC. And, uh, you know, I can remember pregame LSU, right? Uh, I was on the sideline and I walked down to LSU side of the field and I looked at their starting offensive line and I was just like, ooh, those guys look a lot <laughs> different body type wise than what Miami has out there on the, on the line of scrimmage. And, you know, look, if you look at the final totals, Yes, Miami's run defense was solid, but still, if you look at the individual stats, LSU had a running back in Nick Brosette, who's not a super talented guy, but he did run for 120 yards, and he did have a 50-yard touchdown run, which was kind of a backbreaker. And, you know, because Nick Brosette is not the most talented running back, you would kind of get credit on those totals to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if it's fair to expect Miami to win the line of scrimmage against Alabama. In fact, I would say it's not fair to expect that. But I do think Miami needs to at least be somewhat competitive on the line of scrimmage. So um, that's something I'll be looking out for. You know, if Miami gets manhandled against Alabama, which could happen because Alabama, while there are some unknowns on the uh, on the lines of scrimmage with them, they are supremely talented. We know that. So we'll see how those battles end up going. Is there anything else you're, you're looking for in particular? I mean, I'm just hoping that – I think I'm, I think we mentioned it earlier this week too, just like I think you got to turn the ball over. Like you were talking about that Florida game and like, yeah, Miami clearly lost the line of scrimmage battle that game. But how, I think the defense – the defense had two or three turnovers that yeah. they forced. I know they picked off Felipe Franks twice. Right. And then I don't know if there was a third one. Patchen had a fumble recovery. Yeah. Okay. And then look, I mean, I think that Florida team ended up winning the orange bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Like I think they went on to, and then, you know, you keep that 24, 24, 20 game. I feel like those turnovers keep Miami in the game. And then you saw how Miami had an opportunity to win the game. Jeff Thomas, on the other hand, you know, drops the, the punt right, that right. puts Florida in a position to, to score. That's a difference in the game right there. You know, I think you win. I think you need to win that turnover battle. And I think you need to, protect the ball. I mean, David, you wrote it today of just like what the quarterbacks need to do to, you know, to really beat back to beat Bama. And it's, it's no interceptions. It's no like right. turnovers are absolutely killer. You can't make mistakes against this Alabama team. You need to be the team forcing them. Can Miami do it? Maybe. I don't, I, I don't know, but that's something that I think that needs to happen if Miami's going to win this game. Yeah. And to that point, right. That I'll add on to that by saying, look, Miami is going into this game as the lesser talented team, mm-hmm. right? They just are. Um, so what does that mean? How, how can you still win the game when you're the lesser talented team? To me, that means you got to win in the margins, right? Mm-hmm. So that means like special teams. Yeah. That means turnover margin, which yeah. you're speaking to right now. Situational football, right? Do you When you get in the red zone, are you kicking field goals or are you scoring touchdowns? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you converting 
third and short? Are you, um, you know, getting stopped on those situations? And the last thing I'll say in terms of winning in the margins, and to me, this is kind of a big key. Um, I think the coaches need to come out and be creative, throw everything they got at Alabama. They've had all off season long to come out with some creativity and this goes on both sides of the ball, right? I think on offense, we've seen uh, in 2020, Rhett Lashley does have the ability to scheme wide open, explosive touchdown plays when Miami's tempo is able to get going, right? We saw it last year uh, against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He schemed open, wide open, easy touchdown passes to both Will Mallory and Cam Harris. I think it was against Louisville too, right? Louisville. He did uh, Duke, right? He schemed open a wide open touchdown pass to Mike Harley. Uh, Brevin Jordan had a big play against North Carolina. Um, so I think, you know, look, is, is it fair to expect Miami to go out and win a ton of 50, 50 balls on the outside in the deep passing game against Alabama secondary? Maybe they can win one or two, Um, but really these explosive plays, explosive touchdowns are going to have to come from Rhett Lashley um, play designs where he schemes up these wide open plays while Miami's tempo is rolling. And, And to add to that point, you know, Alabama plays very aggressive. They play very fast and good play callers can use that against a defense, right? Um, they understand how to set up, um, you know, getting a defense going hard one way and then hitting them for a big play on the other side of the field, etc. So again, Rhett Lashley has had all off season to design some, some things up. I think we need to see it. It starts with efficiency, right? Miami has to be efficient before, um, you can expect any of these big plays, but we'll see what, what he can do. And then defensively, you know, Manny Diaz, you got to give some creative exotic looks, right? Yeah. You got to try and confuse Bryce Young. You got to try and confuse the offensive line, which has a lot of new pieces to it. So um, the coaches have to kind of make up that talent gap with creative play calling, in my opinion. And so we'll see if they can get that done. Let's move on to a guy that needs to step up for Miami. Um, I'll let you go first. Who are you looking at that needs to step up for Miami in this game? Man, uh, I feel like I'm looking at a couple guys. I'm going to go – I think I've changed my mind on this a couple times. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with – I mean, I feel like he's someone I've been talking about, but I really believe it, and that's Charleston Rambo. You know, I just feel like sure. he's just uh, – I feel like he's the guy that needs to just, again, you need to win those balls on, uh, you need to win those long balls. You need to be able to make plays down the field. I mean, I feel like to me, Charleston Rambo has to be that guy. And, you know, we didn't see it a ton at Oklahoma last year. We saw it a bit when he was young, you know, earlier in his days at Oklahoma, that he can be that deep play threat. I feel like he needs to find that, like that groove where he is like sort of like the deep threat guy. And, um, you know, with his, just given it his, his experience of playing in big time games, uh, playing in big time offenses and, you know, all that stuff. I think Charleston Rambo to me has to be that guy that, that really makes plays for Miami on the offensive side. Tell me this, when you expect a, like 
what what do you think the big plays from Rambo looks like? Because to me, he's a thinner guy, right? So yeah. like, I don't expect him, like let's say Josh Job's covering him, right? Yeah. I don't expect Rambo to win 50-50 or contested catches against Josh Job, right? Because I think, I mean, Josh Job, I think is bigger, stronger yeah, um, for sure. than Rambo. So to me, Rambo needs to win with separation, yeah, right? And absolutely. route running. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's just he needs to be the guy that just sort of breaks loose. Like, I feel like if you look for that, if you're looking for that long ball, like, I feel like he needs to be the guy that just like breaks off that, you know, it's going to, he's going to, it's going to be very physical at the line of scrimmage. I think Alabama is going to try to use all of that. I think he needs to be the guy that just gets off that and just creates that separation, gets behind the defense. I do think he has been that guy in the past. I think he, I think Miami needs that type of guy that's going to create that separation, especially, you know, for big plays down the field. Uh, that's how I think Charleston Rambo needs to sort of like, you know, kick off his Miami career. Cause I think there's an opportunity there for him to sort of be that guy. And uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, with Josh Job, even with Jalen Armour Davis, and like you have the safeties there and all that stuff. I just sure. think that, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, I think Rambo needs to be that dude that, yeah. that, he, that sort of, he just needs to be that guy that they sort of brought him here to be uh, just that, that really just elevates the room and, really just make some of those big time plays. Again, I've seen, we saw him do it. We saw, we've seen him do it against Alabama. We saw him do it against Florida last year in the bowl game. I, I just think it's time that, uh, you know, he does it in orange and green. I mean, I feel like that's what they brought him here to do. So, uh, you know, go out there and make some plays, create separation and maybe catch a long touchdown. Some, I, I don't know. I feel like it has to happen if Miami's going to do what they need to do in this one. I'll go with, and I'm a little worried about highlighting him here because he's dealt with some injuries, whatever they are during camp, but I'll go with Zion Nelson, right? I, yeah. I think, honestly, this is a matchup, in my opinion, that's not being spoken enough about from what I've seen um, in the media. But, you know, Zion Nelson is going to have to try and, and block up Will Anderson, who, yeah, it's tough. you know, in terms of edge rushers in the country, it's Kayvon Thibodeau and Will Anderson and then everyone else. Everyone else so yeah. Zion Nelson, you know, he's getting some first round buzz in the off season. Um, I'm kind of in see it before I believe it mode with him, but his trajectory is impressive in terms of the improvement he's made since 2019. He certainly has the athleticism to be a very good left tackle. Um, and this week's matchup against Will Anderson uh, provides a, a big opportunity for him to make a statement. So Will Anderson, I, I do think Will Anderson's probably going to win the day. Yeah. But can Zion Nelson still block it up well enough to, mm -hmm. to allow Derek King to, to take some shots, right? Yeah. Um, that's going to be a big key. Uh, let's go on to potential player of the game. Who you got? Potential player of the game, man. I mean... Low hanging fruit, but I feel like if Miami yeah. wins, it's going to be De'Ara King, right? Like, sure. I mean, I feel like he sort of, I mean, you hear the coaches talk, like this team sort of goes as he goes. I feel like if this team does pull this out, you know, it, I, again, if this game's competitive, I feel like, you know, you're going to be looking at De'Ara King and pointing at him being like, you know, that's the reason why, like this is right. like number one was the reason why this game was the way that it was. Cause um, you know, let's say last year was a normal year. You don't have him in this game. I mean, where are we looking right now? Like, I feel like he's a, a massive piece in, in like, you know, this whole formula of potentially, you know, giving Alabama a scare, keeping the game really close, potentially pulling just this massive upset, which is highly unlikely at this point. But I think you feel a lot better about that with De'Ara King there. And uh, 
you know, I think if it's anything remotely close to that, I think you're looking at number one. Yeah. If this game's competitive, you know, in the final stretch of the fourth quarter, it's probably because De'Eric King is having a special day. Right. Um, so I agree with that pick. I will just go somewhere else with it. Right. And, and I've mentioned him in a previous podcast, but I do think one area it's hard to find matchups where Miami does have an advantage in my opinion, but I do think one area where Miami has an advantage potentially is Will Mallory. Um, you know, his speed, his ability to be a, a matchup problem for any defense, including Alabama. Um, to me, that's something that Miami needs to exploit uh, during the course of the game. And again, if, if Miami's in this game in the fourth quarter, I think Derek King has, is having a good game. And I would bet, too, that Will Mallory is making some plays as well, being a threat uh, that attracts a lot of attention in the middle of the field, potentially opening things up outside. Um, let's, get, let's get to some quick over-unders here, Gabby, um, in terms of like player stats for this game. And you mentioned it, but today I wrote an article about what it takes to beat Alabama from a quarterback perspective, right? I looked at the last five games, Alabama's lost, and I averaged out the stats um, of each of those performances. And so that's where I get this over underline. And again, look, these are these are going to be tough numbers yeah. against an Alabama defense. I think in any other game, yeah, you could definitely see it, but against Alabama's defense, um, it's a whole different deal, right? So let's start with De'Eric King passing yards, and I will set the number at 250. I'll probably go under. Okay. Yeah, what are I you expecting? Like what range? I can see like two, I don't know. I just feel like 250 is, is going to be a tough number to get to. I could I could see a two twenty something. I don't know. I feel like if it's under, it's probably not the best news. But I ha- I'm just having a hard time just saying that he's going to throw over two fifty plus against this Alabama defense. Okay. I think it could happen, but I would probably go under, maybe just slightly under. But um, yeah, that's probably where I'm at right now. I'll take the slight over. Okay. And I'll explain it, I guess, with the next pick. But I think, you know, look yards you can get yards and garbage time too yeah yeah that's true so i don't know i'll take the over 250 let's go to the next one Derek king rushing yards and i'm just setting this at 50 and and let me say this with a caveat too i'm going with 50 net it's not 50 gained it's 50 net so what do you think over under dang so that's all you're saying 50 including the negative sack yards and all that correct man um, I'll probably go. I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll take the over. I okay. think he can be. I think he can be creative and stuff, and I think yeah. he can chunk away fifty. That yards. would be a good sign if he's yeah. net over fifty. Yeah. Then you know he's probably picking up a lot of first downs, like yeah. you said, making plays. To me, that would be a good sign. I'll go opposite. I'll take the under on that. I don't know. I I just think, to me, Alabama's front seven salty. They kind of scare me. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So I'll take the under on that one. I hope you're right, but I will take the under. Um, Miami turnovers forced, right? Turnovers gained by the defense. 
I will set this at one and a half. Yeah, man, I might go. I might. I think. I think it has to be over if Miami's going to win this game again. You throw a bunch of different looks at a first-time starter. I think you're hoping you can get at least two turnovers there. Um, I'll, I'll. I'll go over. I'll go. Yeah, over. I will I too. You have. I, I will too. Actually, you know, there. it's a lot of new pieces. Yeah. On a, on the Alabama offense, I think. Uh, I think Miami can get two two turnovers in this game. Um, you know, if that happens, the hope would then of course be that Miami doesn't turn the ball over. And if that happens, Miami's probably in this game. Um, the next one to me is interesting, Gabby, Mm -hmm. um, over under one and a half deep throws completed. Now this is, I'm going to define it this way. You know, pro football focus defines a deep pass as anything more than 20 yards past the line of scrimmage through the air. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so one and a half, are you taking the over or the under for the hurricanes? I'm taking the over, man. I mean, I'm here talking about how Charleston Rambo needs to be the guy. I feel like he needs to have that. I mean, Will Mallory, I feel like if Will Mallory's the guy, I could see him catching a couple passes down the field there too. I don't know, man. I feel like they can get a, I, I, I think they need to, Yes, but no doubt about that. They, ha- they have to complete. I think if they don't complete two, that's going to be a huge issue. But yeah, man, I- I'll take the over there. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I-, I don't know. I'll probably take the under. But okay. um, I'll say this. Like, if you look at if you look at the strong quarterback performances that in which Alabama lost, right? So the twenty eighteen national championship game against Clemson where Trevor Lawrence had a great day, right? He in that game completed two deep shots that went for 99 yards. Um, So he got two, he he got the over and those 99 yards matter, right? So, and that opens up a lot of opportunities in other ways in that game. I'll also mention too, you know, the receivers in that game uh, caught the Clemson receivers caught three of six contested catches um, and had zero drops in yeah. the game. That's a big deal too. <laughs> That's, that would be nice to see yeah. from a Miami perspective and also to 2019 LSU, right? So that was when Joe Burrow and Tua uh, were, were dueling it out. Incredible game in that game, LSU completed three deep shots um, for 91 yards. Um, and the LSU receivers caught three of three contested catches. They only dropped one pass in the game. So, um, you know, it not only takes a, a special dual threat quarterback performance, it also takes, you know, your wide receivers on the outside making plays. I mean, college football more and more is evolving into a game that is decided on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to your point with Charleston Rambo, Guys got to step up, whether that's Charles Rambo, Keyshawn Smith, or someone else. So let's get into our predictions, score predictions. Gabby, don't don't give me bad news, bro. Don't (laughs) do it. What do you got? I don't think it's I don't think it's too bad. Like honestly, I think it's something you can hang your hat on. I mean, I got it would be this is this would be you know the game hitting the over. Um, I have Alabama thirty eight, Miami twenty eight. Um, you know, I just think at the end of the day, you know, I feel, I feel like you're, you're, if you're walking out of Atlanta with a 10 point loss to Alabama, sure. I, I think you're feeling pretty good. You know, I, I don't, I mean, I just, I don't know how 
I can't sit here and just say, yeah, Miami's going to beat Alabama. Um, it's like, even to predict like a 10 point game, like that's, that's being optimistic. I think at this point, and again, that's, I don't think that's a knock on Miami. Yeah, I just think I it's Alabama being who, who they've been. So, you know, I do think we're going to see some impressive stuff on the defensive side. I feel like an underrated factor here is the fact that Bob Shoup, I feel like has been pretty involved. Um, you know, he has put together some pretty impressive game plans against Alabama in the past. I, he was a defensive coordinator at Mississippi state for a time. So, you know, I, I do think that there is a plan that's going to be able to utilize. I think the defense might be, I'm hoping the defense is a little bit more impressive maybe than some are expecting. I'm hoping to, that they are able to get creative with those blitzes, uh, show different looks, you know, force a couple turnovers. Ultimately, I think that, you know, that Alabama offense is a lot. I think stopping the run is going to be difficult uh, for that front seven. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I do think it's going to be problematic. And that's why I could see Alabama's offense get going, and probably especially in the second half. Um, I think Miami will hang around and I think that they'll do what they need to do. I'm hoping that the, again with 28 points, I'm hoping they're going to be able to move the ball that Rhett Lashley has these guys ready to go against again, one of the strongest defenses in the country. They gave up 24 points in the national title game last year. A lot right. of those guys returning. If Miami's able to put up 28, I think that is a, I think Good that's sign. a great indication of where this team is headed for the rest yes. of the season. So you know, I, I think I, I feel like I do feel like I'm giving Miami the benefit of the doubt with, you know, a 10 point loss. That's very cleanly covering the spread and, uh, you know, putting up a decent amount of points in, in Atlanta, which is basically Alabama's second home and, uh, you know, just kind of fight, fight and claw your way through it. So that's how I'm feeling about that. I, th I agree with that. Everything you said. Um, and yeah, if, if Miami scores 28 points, like to your point, I would feel very good about Miami's offense the rest of the season. I know I've said on the past, I think this offense can score 40 points a game. If they score 28 points against this Alabama defense, I would feel even better about that. Um, let me ask you this. And this is kind of weird because, I mean, obviously you, you've said Alabama 38, right? But what do you feel like is the minimum amount of points Miami needs to score in order to potentially win that game? Is it like 31, 35? Yeah. Like, where do you stand like, on that? I feel like you have to get at least into the thirties. I mean, right. I'm not, I'm not sure you're going to get into the, I, I don't know if you can put up, you know, 24, even maybe right. even 28 points to win this game. I think you're going to have to, I think you're going to have to get into the low to mid thirties to have a shot really. Correct. Of, of coming out I would agree. Top. I would agree. So for me, I'm going to go Alabama 31, Miami 20. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's an 11 point margin. Uh, Gabby went with a 10 point margin. Gabby went with the over. I went with the under, but yeah, I mean, to your point, we're both being fairly optimistic that this will be a competitive game. Right. Um, and we are both optimistic that you would, if you're a betting man, you'd bet Miami and the points. Right. Yeah. Um, and I do think, let me say this, like, Basically, for me, this this kind of boils down to like, like, look, you and I both we follow recruiting heavily, right? Mm -hmm. We go to camps, we go to combines, we go to high school games, high school all star games. So we know what Alabama's roster is. Yeah. We know the talent they have, and you know when you, and this goes for other programs too, like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. I would say Georgia, quite frankly, these rosters of these teams are on a different level. Now Miami has improved their roster 
uh, over the last couple of seasons, but they're still, in my opinion, not at that level. I still think Miami is two recruiting classes away from getting to that level. And it has, you know, of course it has to be good recruiting classes to get to that level. So I just have a hard time getting past that. You know, I think Alabama can come and play a B or even a B minus game and still win it. Um, Now there are reasons to be optimistic and and I want to touch on that, right. You know, in terms of Miami's chances and it starts with the quarterback, right. We've talked about it. Derek King dual threat guy. He can go off in any game when he gets hot. Um, I do think Miami's offensive line is, is going to be better. Um, which matters when you face these sec teams. I think the offensive line can hold their own again. I don't think they're going to win the line of scrimmage necessarily against this Alabama front, but I do think they can maybe hold their own and allow Derek King to operate, which wasn't the case last year when they faced Clemson, right? Clemson just caved them in, especially on the interior. And I'll say this, like I, I, I would prefer to, to face Alabama's D line personnel, even though it is two elite edge rushers, I would rather Derek King have to navigate that rather than having to navigate defensive tackles, yeah, getting that face. push in your face. Mm-hmm. Cause once that happens, the play is kind of over, right? It's yeah. really hard, but like there's ways to slip past an edge rusher and all that. Derek knows how to do that. Um, so I, I feel like the offensive line play can potentially hold their own in the run game. I do think the run fits will should be better, right? I mean, the RPO stuff last year with North Carolina was a disaster. I think it was a lot of just run fit issues. You would hope after a whole off season, they have been coached up and, and will be better at that. Now there are still, there are still physical limitations that worry me with run defense. Um, but if you can at least get to the right spot, you can somewhat contain that. And then also to your point, you know, you're talking about winning on the outside a lot, um, with the receivers. I do think there's reason for optimism in that regard. Um, I am a big believer in the development abilities of Rob Likens. I think he's a stud wide receivers coach. And I do think, you know, Charleston Rambo, and Keyshawn Smith are an upgrade over what Miami had starting there last year. Now, can they do it against Alabama? I don't know. You know, I think if they can, then yeah, this offense is going to be real nice the rest of the year. Um, but to me, you know, there are reasons for optimism. And if all these things go well in this game, Miami will have a chance to win. So we will see how it all goes. Hope you guys enjoyed this preview podcast. Um, I feel like we, we provided a lot of quote unquote preview content in our podcast this week, right? So if you haven't listened to the, the previous podcast with the mailbag stuff and uh, the depth chart breakdown stuff um, from earlier this week, I would recommend going back and listening to those. But uh, Gabby, I guess the next time we'll talk uh, via podcast will be post game instant reaction. So We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Bottom line, college football season's here. Best time of year. Um, And it'll be fun to see where Miami stands. 
in terms of gauging how how close they are to the elite of the elite. So for David David Lake, for Gabby Urrutia, uh, till next time, guys. Thanks for listening and, and take care. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.